Welcome to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Putnam, and we're talking to men who, in the face of every adversity, have chosen to take destiny by the balls and create a legacy all of their own. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. This is the first recorded episode of 2021, and today I am joined by my good friend, Stephen Story. Stephen is an independent insurance adjuster who is currently living in Brazil, living the life in location independence, can work from anywhere, do whatever he wants. And I just can't for the life of me figure out why he would choose Brazil. I mean, it's not like there's anything going on down there. I mean, there's the the food, the sun, the women who could stand that all the time. But anyway, Stephen, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, Jeff? What's up, everybody? I appreciate all y'all joining joining us today. Um, and Jeff, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I don't think anybody's joining us today. This is just going to be recorded, but <laughs> oh, of course, of course. I mean, well, I, I, can, I can run it. I can run it live, but uh, no, we got to do that. Gonna, we ain't got to do that. But then I'm going to have people looking at you, going, "Hey, have some of these Brazilian women come walk past the camera a little bit. I want to see what it's like right. down there." <laughs> right, right, right. If I go downstairs, we can make it happen. <laughs> so independent insurance adjuster i'm assuming yep. you're just the same kind of dude that if i get into a wreck you know a guy who is specializing in auto or whatever would you know used yep. to get it she comes out looks at the damage assesses it and says all right we'll we'll cover this much right yeah that's the long and short of it man um i call independent insurance adjusting the moving parts of insurance the insurance okay. sales and they just sell you they sell you your paperwork but we actually do all the all the things that w- what, what insurance actually is that's what we're interpreting when we look at your policy and that's what we do when we're writing y'all checks or we're assessing your damage for your house or for you know theft of property or even uh, we got medical adjusters so whenever people get uh, hurt or they gotta go to a doctor they're looking at your insurance bill they got medical adjusters for those things so uh yeah man that's what we do and that's what i've been doing for the last five years man i can dig it so are you getting a lot of business down there in Brazil or are you having to travel back and forth to the States to handle it? Yeah, man. So right now, um, because of the pandemic and as y'all all know, the pandemic changed a lot of industries. And so for us in the insurance, uh, insurance industry, it, it took us remote. So it's okay. like entire companies remote. And so normally uh, I work in the United States and I work in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally I have to go to Canada to work. But this go around, they had it because America had a huge, you know, spike in cases. They sent me a computer and was like, hey, Steve, you can work remote from now until whenever we need you back in Canada. I said, okay, cool. And uh, a, a week later, I booked a trip, to, I booked my flight back to Brazil, and that was that. And so I've been working like everybody else, but I just work in, in, uh, in Brazil right now. Nice. <clears throat> so I would imagine that it's not a regular kind of job, right? So you don't have like set hours. You're pretty much going to be on call. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say would be like the average amount of time you have to work per week? Okay, so. Outside of a place, right. something like natural disasters and Hurricane Harvey and all that other. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so just what we call daily claims. Daily claims is going to be anywhere from 40 to 50 hours a week. Now, out of that time, you're not actively, every company has different claim volumes. So some companies, you're not going to be on the phone that much at all. Or some companies, you're not on the phone at all. 
And so you're just handling claims, you're assessing damage. Now, it is hard in the beginning because you don't understand the software, you don't understand the policies. But as you get older, more experienced in the business, you know, I'm, I'm probably using four mental hours of work a day. Okay. And from there, I'm just answering emails and things like that. But yeah, that's how it is. Now, with that being said, for you guys who like to get physical, they got field adjusters. I, I'm usually, I usually go outside for two to three months out of the year, and then I come inside for the rest of the year. The pandemic changed that, so I stayed inside all year last year. Um, but for my field guys, they do about two to three hours customer-facing work a day. And then some days they don't do any work, you know, when they're on a contract. So it's just a bit different. And, um, Jeff, I don't know where we can link that. But, guys, I explain all this stuff in detail uh, on my YouTube and on my Twitter. So we don't have to go super deep into into that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. I, I'll have links in the show notes for yeah. uh, where to find you on social media, how to get in touch with you and right. contact you, and also to Perfect. the course that you just put out for your uh, right. uh, insurance adjuster claim school or insurance adjuster school thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just teaching people like what insurance adjusting is, how you can be a part of it, and you know, some of your expectations uh, for uh, the business. All right, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. I think right now, um, with the opportunity for mobile, because uh, you know things are obviously different down there in Brazil. I've seen your pictures and I've yeah. seen your videos, yeah. but up here, yeah, but up here in the states, you know, remote work is probably going to be the way of, that things are done for the foreseeable future. So it's definitely yeah. something that people can do and get into, provided they meet the requirements uh, to make a little of bit of extra cash. But yeah. Let's shift it off a little bit. And uh, yeah, man. so you've got all this freedom, right? Brazil is more free than America right now. Hell you know, you yeah. Guys, you guys are out there partying, bikini clad on boats. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah man. So what's life been like down there for you, man? And uh, why did you choose South America? Well, for me, man, um, Jeff, you've been, you followed me long enough. You saw when I went to Brazil the first time. But what happened, I was living in Canada and I had met a bunch of people from uh, the States and they're like, yeah, I live in Ecuador part-time. I live in Costa Rica part-time. I live in uh, Panama part-time. And, they, and they, I was working with them. And so every day they would just explain how to do it all day, every day. You know, and they did this for like the last three months I was in Canada. And so um, I, I made the decision. I said, I'm either going to Colombia or I'm going to Brazil. And for me, it was like this. Uh, Colombia and Brazil, um, their time zones and their weather are good enough. Cause like, you don't want to work 15 hours ahead of the United States if you plan on living in a place. Right. And so, uh, like the people, the guys who live in Thailand and Bali, they're way ahead, but Brazil and Colombia are still within the American, it's within the range of the American time zone. And that was the main thing. And then it's, it's a relatively short trip. And, uh, my dollar was really, really strong. My dollar is times by five here. So my salary is multiplied by five, 5.3 currently. And so um, that uh, cost of living, food, uh, culture, all those things, it was an easy choice for me. Cause I knew I was gonna live, cause I already lived outside the country in Canada. Once I figured out how to live outside the United States and Canada, then I was like, well shit, I can do it again somewhere else. Somewhere warmer, right? You know? Yeah, I can do it somewhere. It's actually fun, you know. <laughs> Canada is fun, guys. Don't get me wrong. I love the mountains, but it was just, you know, if I could do it in a hotter climate, I wanted to try it. And uh, so I wanted to learn Portuguese. 
I feel like Spanish, everybody can learn Spanish. You can learn Spanish in the States. And so um, Portuguese was a big thing for me. And then from there, bro, I was like, I want to be able to go in the ocean. I want to be able to eat, you know, fresh fish and organic meats and stuff like that all the time. And it was a good fit for me, you know. And that's why I chose Brazil. I got you. So <clears throat> I, I take it that the majority of people uh, that decide to live outside the States uh, mm. but still work within the States, are you required to still maintain? Do you still have American citizenship living down there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. So is that uh, a job requirement? Know, all, hell yeah, it is. You okay. Gotta, man, look. <laughs> I know an American, uh, I'm not naming the name, but I know an American that renounced their citizenship and then got citizenship in another country and they need to come back to America during the pandemic. It doesn't matter if you were an American and you renounced your citizenship, you're not an American anymore. So they treat you as such. And so they had a, a really hard time getting back in the country during the pandemic, you know? And so for me, it's like, hey, I still love my country. I'm not denouncing shit. Like, <laughs> you know, it's America forever. You know what I mean? Like. I'm just, I'm just living somewhere else. That's all. I got you. So, uh, down there, you're having to pay, uh, taxes in Brazil and the U S right. right. Well, no, no, because, um, my, my bank accounts are American. My okay. W2 is American. Everything is American. It's just, I'm physically not there. All okay. The, everything else, everything else is American, you know? So this income doesn't count as Brazilian income or anything like that. It's just, I'm physically here. But everything, everything else is is American. So uh, nothing changes for me, just like it would be for you or anybody else who's listening in the states. Uh, I'm just physically here, but all my citizenship, banking, everything's at home. Okay, yeah, I was curious about that because uh, you know our mutual friend Lawrence, he's in yeah. uh, he's in Uruguay, right? And he gave up right. uh, uh, United Kingdom citizenship. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they were charging like 50 and 60% income tax, which is yeah, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think the stipulation there is as long as he earns money from customers and clients that do not live in Uruguay, he pays no taxes for Uruguay. Yeah, that's insane, man. But you know, the different, you know, UK and American citizenship is a bit different because right. we don't get to dodge the tax man so easy uh, as Americans. Um, I think you do have to renounce your citizenship. You would you have to completely that. not become a citizen. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I don't. You know, I, I'll pay my taxes uh, right because I, you know, obviously, and for y'all listening, it's like that sounds super cool. Like, man, fuck you, yeah, I don't got to pay taxes anymore. I can go to Uruguay. No, it's it's some drawbacks to that because like like you said you don't have social security anymore you don't have a american passport anymore you don't have anything related to the united states anymore bank accounts uh second amendment rights first amendment rights uh, any a lot of those things that y'all might find important you might want to keep your american passport and your american citizenship yeah i mean it's, it's obviously going to be a trade-off there's not that much to trade yeah, off yeah. okay to south america you know, no, it, it, it no, only no. Get, it, it, it only gets better when you renounce the United yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> <For real. laughs> I'm going to have a yeah, lot of people I mean, in the UK who are listening to this. Half of them are going to be pissed and the other half are going to be going, hell yeah. I mean, you know, if we all being honest here, I mean, they got these guys on freaking Alcatraz Island. Now. You can't even walk outside your house in the UK. You yeah. Know? They're locking you up. 
you can question walking to the mailbox. Like, hey, what are you doing? And if you can't prove why you're doing something important, you're getting fined on the spot. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's kind of the same thing in Canada because, you know, Canada is, of course, owned by the United Kingdom. Yeah. Queen's on. I don't care. Look, if the Queen's on your money, you're British. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goes exactly. for you too. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> I just recently saw a story yesterday where a lady was fined $500 because her and her husband were outside, right? And she was being a total smart ass about it, right? Because according to curfew, because according to curfew, you were allowed to walk your dog after the curfew hours. So this lady yeah. went out with her husband and put her husband on a leash and told the cops when they rolled up that she was allowed to walk her dog after hours. God. I mean, the mental gymnastics required to go outside right. with your spouse, you know, and then the, like, the, here, the like self degradation involved in all that. No respect right. that you should have ever done that to begin with, but Hell still no. it's, it's insane uh, how different you know, because here, you know, I live in South Carolina, right. and we've got signs on every single door of every single store, you know, mask required, social distancing required, right. yada, yada. We did have a lockdown quarantine here, but mm -hmm. that only lasted two weeks because mm -hmm. one thing about people that live in South Carolina is we have a problem with authority. We, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we don't generally do well being told what to do. So mm -hmm. after about two weeks, mm -hmm. everyone said, fuck this. And they started going outside. Now the businesses didn't open right away, but mm -hmm. it barely lasted 10 days. Everybody was going outside. Everybody was going shopping. You know, look, it. It, it's nice it. and all you can, you can tell us we don't have to do, we were not allowed to do this, but it doesn't change the fact that I got shit to do. And so that, oh, yeah. yeah. So that kind of took off and, and happened. Um, North Carolina is completely different. I took my wife up to the Biltmore estate uh, last yeah. year. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like walking into Poland in 1939 when you crossed into like North Carolina. At least in places like Asheville where it's very hipster-ish and things like that. Right. But, you know, small mountain towns, you'll, you'll end up like the same kind of culture as here. But, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have any of that here. We, if you want to wear a mask, cool. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Yes, it's on the door, but the signs that are on the doors are pretty much only there uh, to appease like the Karens that would scream. Right, right. Why aren't you telling people right. to put a mask on? But you go inside the store, there might be 30% of the people in there wearing a mask. But you know, you know, man, like, so when I left, and for y'all that's in the States right now, and Jeff, I'm sure you see the same thing, man. It's a lot of tension at home. Like mm -hmm. they like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I we both from, we're both from the south. You from the south, right? You from South Carolina? Oh yeah. I'm from Alabama. And like, man, look, I'm from the deep south. I was I didn't leave the deep south until I was well into my 20s. And like I had not seen that level of tension between people any at any given time in my life. You know what I mean? And like, like going to the grocery store was like. People like super tense, like, you got your fucking mask on, you got this on. And um, when I got here, now, just so y'all know, I, everybody does wear a mask here, but it's a bit different. Um, it's not a political thing. Nobody's being a dick to you if you don't have one on. 
Um, and then for the most part, even now I see less people wearing masks. You know, they'll take it off. Or they'll be in a store or a restaurant, like the workers won't have a mask on. Some of the islands, they don't wear masks at all. Like when I was on uh, Christmas and New Year's, I won't wear a mask for like 10 days. Uh, the only reason I wear a mask here is because the police will beat you out here. So like, they don't have- <laughs> Another drawback. Another drawback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, with that being said, the cops don't really wear their masks for real. Uh, and the SWAT team guys don't, because they have like four different versions of police here. But all the police are a lot more physically violent out in public. They don't really mind. Um, and for me, it's just like, I don't want to have any run-ins with the law and I can't explain myself well in Portuguese. You know what I'm saying? So I wear my mask, man. But uh, but that's just because, I, in the States, I didn't do it. But here, I do it just because I'm well, not, the language I'm, barrier I'm and then cultural differences between body language. Right. Well, you know, exactly. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just kind of guessing here, but you know, no, you're right. Bro, when your hands up like this here, you know, will culturally mean something else somewhere else. And it could be taken as a sign of aggression. And then, no, it can't exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I completely you don't, know what you understand. don't know, right? Right. You don't know what you don't know, man. But like, I will say this though, like, people are a lot more respectful of each other here. Like, mm -hmm. for example, let's say, Let's say that um, somebody sees me on the elevator or it's just hard two people in the elevator. They just won't take it. They won't be like, it's not a lot of finger wagging out here. People are still cool about everything. You know what I'm saying? Like people are still cool when it's like, why did we take our, why did we have to take ourselves so seriously about this shit? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you, if you took out the whole Karen concept, right? Like, hey, wear your mask. And, and then people wear their mask and people wearing dicks about it. More people wear their mask. But when you say you got to wear your mask and you're fucking killing grandma, if you're not, then it's like, man, fuck this. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not doing any of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, because now you're asking people for a second year, bro, a second year, man, to sacrifice their, their, their livelihoods and their lives. So we won't get, get this, 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 this virus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a big ass. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the way that, the culture here, at least in the area where I live now, you go into yeah. some of the cities like Columbia or Charleston, right there on the coast. Um, yeah. You can kind of guess which way those cities lean uh, as far as politically by the amount right. of mandates and rules that they have. Um, but for the most part here, I've never been accosted by anyone. Hey, you need to put on a mask. You need to, step back six feet. Now I did go to Greenville with my wife the other day and they, it was in front of the Apple store of all places. Um, of there was uh, they have like hall monitor dudes and there's like 10 guys all standing there and they're all evenly spaced apart from each other and they're treating people like cattle. So they've got the little, you know, the, uh, the seatbelt ropes and the poles that they'll click in to put dividers up. Like you see at the airport that you walk through they're opening them up and letting a few people through and putting them down and stepping back. And someone gets too close to one rope. You know, they're, they reach out with a little pole and push you back. No step back two feet. You're, you're, you're two feet too close. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous and blew my mind. But, um, but for the most part the here, if, if I, if you, mm -hmm. I walk into a store and I, I'm not wearing a mask and I walk right past the sign that says, all masks or masks are required for all customers to enter this store. Right. Right. 
like I mean, I'll, yes, yesterday, yesterday I went to the vitamin shop and I picked up uh, some more yeah. krill, right? So I walked mm-hmm. in there right past the sign says all customers are required to wear a mask for the safety and now that it due to a uh, citywide ordinance. I walked right in there. As soon as I walked in, I was face to face with this young lady who was working the counter. And uh, I said, hey, how are you? Big grin. Hey, how are you? Let me know if I can help you find anything. She ain't yeah. shit about not wearing a mask. No. The 14 no, other customers in there, all 14 of them in there were, you know, I, I would say elderly, but not quite elderly. Right. I would say maybe right. 60, 60, right? Mm, yeah. Some of them were wearing them. Some of them weren't. No one gave a mm. shit. If like here, the the way it works is if you don't like it, just don't look at it. If you don't like this person, <laughs> don't go near that right. person. Right. It, and right. no one, no one here seems to try to force it on. Well, you need to bend over backwards to accommodate me. You know, it's like you do you and I'll just, if you don't do the way I like it, I'll just stay away from you. And so it's been pretty well, you chilly. Know, you know, you know, Jeff, I think, but you, you, you touched on a couple of points, man, that I, I realized this out living outside the States. And I said this shit before I lived outside the States, but I didn't know it was going to be like this, man. That participation award entitlement, you're all special and all that shit. That's why we're having this problem, man. <laughs> okay. There are, there are, what do they call them? The secondary results, like, you gave all these people their little gold stars for doing the same shit everybody else did. You said everybody was special, and you gave them all their little fun run T-shirts, and they all got a finisher medal. And then when shit hit the fan, now all these people think they are important enough to enforce what their worldview is on everybody else. You see what right. I'm saying? So now you got all these little small little tyrants. And so the question I have for the listeners is, is so what happens after this? Because how, with a straight face, how can you tell me whether it's a politician, whether these fucking hall monitor guys at the Apple Store, the 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 health people in New York that shut all those restaurants down in California as well? How can you, with a straight face, say I was just following orders if the the virus ended tomorrow? Yeah, it's got to be retrib- It has to be some level of retribution, right? Because now it's like, hey. I fucking remember when you did that shit. I remember when you closed my business. I remember when you said I couldn't see my grandmother before she died. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get to just be like, oh, okay, that's over now. We have there's going to be ramifications for this. Oh yeah, people are going to be bitter coming out of this. People are going to be very bitter. Uh, I was talking uh, on a podcast that I was a guest on yesterday um, yeah. about the whole uh, essential and non-essential business. A lot of these politicians have turned around and told people to their faces, your line of work, your business, your means of income is not essential. Well, bitch, if I'm trying to feed my if I'm trying to feed my kids with it, it's essential to me. You know, well, we're on the whole essential and non-essential thing is extremely like degrading. And come on, man, there's going to be pushback for that. But check this shit out. Check this shit, man. Now, again, guys, I live in Salvador, Brazil. The when I left, when I left this country in 2019, uh, their economy was much worse than ours. You know, inflation was sky high, very high unemployment rates. You know, like 2008 times 10. Okay, I come back to this city during the pandemic, and more businesses are open than they are in the states. 
in a worse economy. Do you know, Jeff, out of all the places I went to, every all of my favorite restaurants are still open here. All of my favorite bars are still open here. I went to an island during um, New Year's that people don't even go to that much. Only a few businesses on an island were closed. Any In your city right now, 30% of the businesses are closed. And you're not coming back. At least 30% of the restaurants. Not here. Not there, but I'm saying. Well, in, in the states, as a general rule, yes, states, but yeah. for but yeah. at, like I said, after about ten days, everybody here got fed up with it, and they just said, right. "Fuck you, make me." And but see, all, somebody <laughs> else said, "Make me." Yeah, everybody else is too me, happy man. to just comply for the uh, quote unquote greater good, uh, regardless no. of what any second order ramifications may come. That's and that's what I'm saying, Jeff. It's like, like. Thankfully, I'm in the insurance industry. My family's in the insurance industry, so we got to keep working. But it's like, you mean to tell me that the guy who works, the restaurant that's right across the street from the building I used to work at, how is he not essential? I don't get to eat anywhere else but that place. And that place is closed forever. Right. A lot of these places are closed forever. These malls are closed forever. These uh, A lot of these hotels right now are going to be closed forever. All these things are essential to how society works. And I think that we are getting a, a real look at, I don't even like calling politicians elite in that way, but like, this is what elitism look like. Hey, all y'all, y'all gyms don't even matter because I don't go to those kind of gyms anyway. Hey, those restaurants don't matter. Those hotels don't matter. Your whole line of work doesn't matter. You know, like school, dude, these places, schools haven't been open for a year. These kids are I fucking know. failing. I know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then they already, and they already told you at the beginning of this shit, Kids don't really get this virus at all, but we can't teach them. But see, I get that my situation is unique because my wife and I were already planning to homeschool our kids. Right. Right. Before I, because I got laid off during the pandemic. I lost my nine to five and I just had to, you know, double down on all of my online money making ventures. Right. And I mean, I was already doing it for a year, so it wasn't that hard. It was already making income, but starting from scratch would have been terrible. Uh, That said, we had plans to homeschool our children uh, by the end of 2020. And the whole COVID-19 thing just expedited that. And so we went ahead and said, well, they're closing schools. We might as well go ahead and disenroll them, set up the homeschools, you know, set up with all of them. And so now, you know, I've got like a freaking lot like a school library in my hallway right now just I've got like six yeah. bookshelves and are loaded with I supplies it's like a classroom right i love it but yeah. um for our kids our kids don't really know outside of my teenagers and my adult children yeah. who live in texas yeah. and new york yeah. my kids don't even really know what the coronavirus is they shouldn't. I mean, what's there to talk about? It, it, the reason you know for it I mean? is, the reason for it is, I don't need my kids, or I don't. I, as a dad, it's not my job to, you know, give my kids shit to be scared about. It's my job to raise my children to be discerning with what they actually fear, rather than fearing everything. Right. And right, right, right. You know what? What was it say? If dad's freaking out, everybody's freaking out. Yeah, man, come on, man. When, you know. Well, if your dad, you you knew your father. You and I have talked about your yeah, father. Yeah, I talked to my dad all the time. Yeah. Right. All right. Right. You know your father. You grew up with your father. Yep. You, you've already talked to yep. me a little bit about how you know he was a big man, strong man. Hell if yeah. you saw that man scared of something, that would shatter um, you. Dude, I'd be fucked. Right. Man. Like. Yeah. You know, like if he is scared. 
then something must seriously be wrong because he Dude. he acted as the arbiter of the mood of the house and the environment. Right. And if he was cool, you knew everything else was cool, right? Exactly, man. Right. You know, it's, it's right crazy, now you got man. all these moms that are screaming at their children. I that happened at a store back in April of 2020. Mm. My wife and I were in the store, neither one of us wearing masks. And of course, yeah. this little girl wasn't wearing a mask because she was like, I don't know, two, three. And of she course, was just yeah, gonna, anyway, and she had it in her hand, but she wasn't wearing it. Right. And yeah. here comes Karen soccer mom walking around with her cell phone and she's taking selfies in front of the canned peaches. And she looks over and she sees the little girl two feet away from her standing within like a 10 foot vicinity of my yeah. wife and I, and she yeah. screams at this child. Oh my God, get away. They're going to get you sick. What is wrong? I freaked out. I'm like, look, this child is two years old and you are conditioning her to be terrified of everyone and everything. I'm not Ooh, doing that. Man, but that's, but this brings me to my next point that the second order things, when these these the same motherfuckers who got raised by helicopter parents in the eighties mm-hmm. and the nineties, now they got kids and they're even weirder than their parents were. <laughs> Ooh. You remember? I didn't get raised by helicopter parents. I'm sure you didn't either. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, no. dude, that's the shit I'm saying. When when sh- I'm not trying to call people soft, but we just had easy times, so people got soft, and so they needed participation awards and they need to get patted on the butt and t- kissed on the cheek and talked about how special you were. And these people hadn't had children. And then they and then during that time period, the media cranked up with this propaganda shit they got going on. And, they, and the media just fucking brainwashed these people into another level of fear that I've never seen before. And now they're having oh, yeah. kids, dude. We're, we're, unless, I don't know, man. I, I think this is bad, but I think that for, at least for the our country to correct itself, there's going to have to be a, a real hard time to get a lot of this shit out of there. You know what I'm saying? To purify. Yeah, I mean, there is a, there is another option. Um, you're familiar with Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Um, I, a while back, I was listening to uh, a podcast that he was a guest on, and he was talking about eating the red berries. <laughs> Hey, this is Nate from Unlimited Live Concepts, and we teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. Imagine being able to earn interest off of every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. We offer a lifetime membership to our financial education platform for $77, but right now you can use promo code RUGGEDLEGACY and save 50% off. Right. And it's in reference to monkeys. Right. So monkeys, they won't eat like a certain thing until they see another monkey eating them and they watch him. Mm-hmm. Is motherfucker going to die? Is he going to like grow wings? Right. Or, you know, what, yeah, right. what, what's going to happen? Right. 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 And it's just a natural, uh, behavior modification type scenario. Okay. This dude, this monkey's over here eating the red berries. He didn't die. Red berries are safe to eat. 
right? Yeah. So I think we're going to see people, and you kind of already saw it in the social media sphere, where yeah. they were screaming at people who were on social media, uh, talking about, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not scared of this damn virus. You know, yeah. and they're like, oh, you're a grandma killer. Everybody's going to walk out into the street and start foaming at the mouth and fucking die. And yada, yada, yeah. yada. Yeah. And then as time yeah. went on, they started deleting all those old tweets going, oh, shit. I, 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 ain't, over forgot. I ain't forgot. Yeah. I Some, ain't you forgot. Know, a no, lot I of them went through and deleted shit, that. Dog. And so I think we're going to see, you know, guys like me and guys like you who are walking around outside. Like I fucking flew down to Florida back in October. I went, I, I spoke at the 21 convention. I was in three different airports on six different freaking flights. And mm -hmm. because there, apparently there's no direct route to Florida from South Carolina, <laughs> but nobody there wore a fucking mask. I shook hands with hundreds of people. I flew back in all the, yeah. in three different crowded airports. Again, I come home. Mm -hmm. First thing I do is I hug my wife, hug my kids. Nobody in my house has been sick. Right. Outside of maybe a stomach, a stomach bug. Right. Come on, man. But come on, man. Like, I'm eating the red berries. I'm eating the red berries. Yeah. So my children are going, the red, the red berries are safe. So good, if everybody else starts eating the red berries or the people who are still afraid to eat the berries sees people outside living life, not foaming at the mouth and dying, they're slowly, yeah. you know, they might be a little slow. They might just eat one. Like they might walk yeah. into Target. They might, they might walk into Target and pull their mask down, yeah. leave it on their chin and see if somebody says something to them. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, exactly, nobody, yeah. Nobody said nothing. So now I'm going to go in there with it just hanging on my ear. You know, they go eat two berries. Yeah. I think yeah, man. over time we're going to see kind of people's behavior change and get modified towards that because they're going to see more yeah. and more people doing it. And it's like, oh, well, they're not dying. Okay. No, but then man. there's, there's still going to be some that every single like CDC politician, whatever can mm -hmm. scream COVID is non-existent. They're going to be some damn body who is locked in, you know, tinfoil hat, tinfoil like a crackhead on the window, oh, yeah. mask on, yeah. hazmat suit going, nah, I ain't risking it. Y'all are wrong. <laughs> it's still going to happen. But I think we're going to see a lot more people noticing the red berries being eaten and realize that it ain't that damn bad. It's not. Go, okay. It's not. All right, cool. Because, you know, I, can eat them I saw some people... I saw some politicians trying to walk walk it back, like uh, my, 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 the governor out there in New York. Oh yeah, Cuomo. Well, this is we gotta. I'm like, man, you a real grandma killer. You really Look, killed the grandma. You, <laughs> in October, like, in October and November, he was screaming, "We have to stay closed," for the majority of 2021. Now in January, he's going, "We can't stay closed forever." Like because they're, they're walking it back now because they were wrong. They won't admit they were wrong. They'll just no. shift the narrative and say, this was the plan all along. And, you know, and praise me. See, that's for the shit it. I'm talking about. That's, that's the shit I'm talking about, man. Because see, like, like, for example, here, everybody wore, everybody was wearing a mask everywhere. The first three months I was here. Um, then I start going into the favelas, you know, the favelas guy was just the hood. So I start mm -hmm. going to the hood and nobody, nobody was wearing a mask anywhere. They're like really partying. You know what I'm saying? They really having like a great time. I'm like, man, fuck this. Like, Basically, on the street, if you're on the main streets, you're gonna wear a you're gonna wear a mask. If you get to the beach, any favela, anywhere outside of work, you're gonna see poli a police presence. Nobody's wearing a mask anywhere, and so in my mind, I'm seeing now it's like they're, they're doing exactly what you're saying. 
Like I'm starting to see people just wear it right below their nose. When I, I used to see everybody having the mask on correctly. I saw for the first time, I had never seen anybody do this. I saw a guy walk around the mall here with no mask on and nobody said shit. And I was like, Let's yeah, go. that's the first one. Next time there's going to be two, going to be four, that four is going to be eight. And then you'll see the yeah. tension start to relax because it really isn't what it's being cracked up to be. Yes, it is just like anything else. People, they, they scream and they yell about, you know, it's going to be, you know, terrible for some and not terrible for others. Well, that's yeah. any goddamn thing, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. And I, people are going to get pissed off and people are going to get mad at me and people are going to DM me because I said this. But the flu, smallpox, whatever, not all of them killed everyone. There's going to be people. There's going to – look, I don't ban peanuts because some people are allergic to peanuts, right? Just do right, your right. own due diligence and don't eat any fucking peanuts, and that's the shit I'm saying, man. I'm sure you, you you never got a flu vaccine, right? Uh, I got them when I was still in the military because it was just okay. Okay, here you have to get yeah, it. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. But I haven't gotten any kind of vaccine or shot uh, outside of a tetanus shot uh, right. in maybe 15 years. Yeah, man. Because I I never gotten a flu vaccine. But my my point what I was going to say was how many people have told you out their mouth that they have a flu and you still shook their hand, gave them a hug. I, I've done it a million times. Like, it's people like, they're working. Like, hey, I got the flu, I'm at work. I'm like, okay, well, all right, man, I'll see you in a couple of days. The flu killed 50 million people when it first came out. Right. The flu, when's the, you, uh, I forget, it, came, it went out, it came out like 100 years ago or whatever, but it killed the 50 Spanish flu. million people. Yeah, it's nowhere near 50 million people for this. Now, obviously, we did different uh, protocols for it, but um i think that you can't life happens when life is is the most vibrant when we have adversity when you try to take adversity out of life you don't have life anymore right and so it, and there's still gonna be people everybody. that hear you say that and they're going well you're not gonna have life anymore either if you die from covid well bitch i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna have life if i get hit by a car you know yeah <laughs> thank you man yeah like, i get it like i just but the 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 what about isms that you always you know see and the and those yeah. people that will go out of their way to point out the one exception to the rule that is allegedly supposed to disprove the entire rule the fact of the matter is most people are not going to die from covid-19 no. the no. fact is most people who do die from COVID-19, the odds are they were going to die this year anyway. Oh, man. Thank or you. Within, saying, or man. within the 18 months. And, and, and I'm not just saying it's only the sick. I mean, just statistically, if you counter yeah. in drunk driving car accidents, workplace accidents, suicides, everything, statistically, oh. and the numbers have even shown this from the CDC, the death rate oh. has oh. been the same. The people, people yeah, are, man. are less people are getting into car accidents because they're not on the road. But you would think that even without that, the way they described COVID-19 would be that the death rate would still be higher. But no, the death rate would be higher normally because COVID-19 is killing people in addition to the car accidents and the bar fights and the murders and all this at the other. But we just took we just made it impossible for uh, the majority of people to get into 
you know, bar fights and workplace accidents and driving accidents. But the, the death rate stayed mm-hmm. the same. So at the very least, the normal death rate would have doubled and people are going to get mad because I'm downplaying the normal death rate of 2.9 people, 2.9 million people per year in the U.S. dying uh, and like downplaying that because it doubled to 5.8. I'm not downplaying it. I'm simply saying 5.8 million people among a 600 or 365 million person population that is growing in size every day due to births. And we're getting ready to see a whole lot of births because people were fucking during lockdown. Right? There's a lot of my, my sister got pregnant. pregnant. My sister had yeah. a baby last year. My sister got a baby going on the way down. Right. So, shit. so the majority of people who died were statistically Number wise, not so much the individual, because like I said, some people weren't sick, but statistically the number was going to be the exact same with or without COVID. No, you, and you're right, man. I, I call it the final destination theory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you remember, everybody's seen final destination. The guy gets saved from getting hit by a truck and then like 30 minutes later, he gets he, hit he in the face with a fallen right? brick. Yeah. yeah. Some, some random shit. Right. And so it's like, well, that's kind of how it works in real life. Is that like okay? Some of y'all are finna die, okay? <laughs> Maybe I was supposed to die in a car wreck last year, but instead somebody else died. But at the end of the day, like, like, like to your point, it's like, look, the point of living is that that's why we call it living and not dying because we gotta live. And once right. you're dead, you're dead. But it's like you can't you can't put safeguards on life. Like you're not gonna make it out of here. None, none of us are making it out of here alive, man. But I didn't mean to talk about this shit. I just, it's, I, I'll just say, man, down here, they're handling this shit so much better, man. They're handling this right. shit way, with so much more chill, man. It's like, people, like, they, their healthcare system is not even as good as ours. And they're not stressed about this shit like the Americans are. Like, I got grown men, 30-year-old men, healthy grown men, like, bro, man, put your mask on, man. Cause, I mean, I, uh, I got to. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Are you serious, man? Like, My grandmama's cousin dog's daddy got COVID Dude. and he died. He was only 102. You know That's the shit I'm saying, man. And it's like, when do we become... Okay, let's... let's fuck it, man. I'm, you didn't say what need to be said. I'm not... Yeah, I mean, no, no more. It's a long time. The, the, only, the only point that I was <laughs> getting for anybody else who is still re- reeling about my numbers and statistics here, if... Somebody dies in if a hundred people die in Cleveland, but no one dies in Cincinnati, then you had a hundred people die in Ohio. But if you shift that to a hundred people died in in Cincinnati and nobody died in Cleveland, you still had a hundred people die in Ohio. The death oh, rate man. was going to be the same. That's all I'm saying. That's come on, man. That's and that's the point, right? But uh, Jeff, let's let's go over a couple <laughs> things. What we really wanted to talk about, <laughs> everybody. It's easy to get sucked down into that. And we've got about 20 20 minutes or so left. Uh, So time freedom, that's a big thing that you're working towards right now, right? Yeah, yeah, you've got the location freedom because you can live anywhere and do what you do. But uh, I know you're jealous of the way I do things. I work from 5.15 in the morning to 7 a.m. and I'm done for the day. Man, so just so y'all know, me and Jeff wake up within an hour of each other, but he's done with everything by the time I'm starting everything. And like for me, it's like, man, I would love to go to the beach, 
when Jeff is free because that's prime beach time. From like 11 to five down here, I could be free, but I'm working. And so the point I wanted to make to you all, and I'm sure Jeff talks to y'all about this stuff sometimes as well, but it's like, what I would encourage you all to learn how to do first things is, is you need to start getting help, okay? So before you have the money to pay for help, you need to have systems that help you out. We all have a personality that, we all have a work personality as far as how we get work done and how we enjoy our time when we're not working. So I would suggest to you, whether it's a to-do list, whiteboards, apps, whatever you gotta do, whatever goal it is you're, you're going after as far as location freedom or time freedom, put a system in place and it can be a simple system at first. You don't have to have some thousand dollar system for it. You could just be simple as a notepad and you write down the three things you need to get done for the day. That's gonna begin the process of learning how to delegate your task. Because for me, when you write things down, it delegates your memory. I don't gotta remember that shit no more. Then from as I begin to delegate, okay, now I got a VA that handles my graphics or I have this person that does this or, and over time you build out a system with processes and you can bring other people along to get, like for me, that's how I got my location independence. Cause I did a lot of that for a couple, three years. Same with Jeff for how he got his time independence. He did a year worth of work on the back, on the front end. You know, the things me and, me and Jeff have done, you're not going to get it done tomorrow, but with processes, you can, you can get really far over time. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I did. I mean, right now, just right here over my desk, I've got a whiteboard and I've got the only days that are completely empty are Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Those are the three days a week that I've chosen that I don't want to do anything at all uh, as far as, uh, you know, client work or podcasts or things like that, unless I'm just going to, you know, take the time to be a guest on someone else's. But you know, my routine is I wake up 3.45. I'm at the gym and I'm there until about 5.15. I sit down and then I write no less than 1,000 words in the book that I'm currently writing. Well, by that time, it's probably 6.30, right? Take about 45 minutes for 1,000 words. It's mm-hmm. 6.30. In, in the 30 minutes that I've got before 7 a.m., when is usually the time I wake my kids up to get them for breakfast and started on their homeschool is more than enough time because of the work I've already done last year and the automated and the automated systems that I have in place. I can schedule an entire days or an entire month's content that because I do, you know, content marketing is what I do. That's what this podcast is. Right. But I can get that all scheduled because I've got templates in place that I built years ago. I built over a year ago. I've got templates. Mm-hmm. I can schedule them, plug and play a little bit, switch up a few of the words here and this, reword some things, bam, 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 bam. Now the next 15 hours of my day, as far as content production are handled and taken care of. I don't need right. anything else to do. So at 7 AM and my, the things that I have scheduled are making me money. So while I'm from 7 a.m. to 11.30 at night, hanging out with my wife, hanging out with my kids, everything is making me money the entire time. You know, so, so I work for an hour and 15 minutes a day on building something new, which is the book I'm writing. And of course, right. my physical goals uh, add into that. So it's, we'll call it 
two and a half hours if you add in my gym time. Mm-hmm. Right. But as far as working on things that are going to bring a new avenue uh, of income stream, I do that first thing and then do my maintenance for what's already making me money in 30 minutes. Right. And then I'm done for the entire day. But again, it's because of all of the work that I put in from January 2019 to January right. 2021. So do you think, do you think that, um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go on what you said. For the people that's listening, guys, if you think about quitting your job or some shit like that, don't do that. Okay. Because the things that me and Jeff have done and are doing, um, you can't do it when you have a full day. Because if you if you if you try to do what you're doing now and you had just quit your job, that one and a half hours would be eight hours of work, just because you want to fill that time up. But when you had to do it part time, you actually work the kinks out the right way to have it on the back end where you can have a life afterwards. Because you've ran you've earned income part time, that turning the full time income with part time time because you still are using the same amount of time, right? And so. Like you guys that read the four hour work week and all that shit, like it don't work like that. You you gotta get the engine, you gotta get the fire going first. And you, it's easy to keep the fire going once it's going. Cause like for me, it's easy for me to get contracts in independent insurance justice. That's because I took three years of taking every contract they gave me. I was working in Greeley, Colorado. I don't know if y'all guys know anything about Greeley. It's, it smells like a porta potty. Okay, it's a meat packing place and they burn fucking urine and shit from cows there and it smells like shit that was my first contract i went to winter haven florida i went to a lot of small towns that weren't interesting to get my foot in this business and then from there then i got the experience to say hey i can work remote i can make good money working remote but it it took time you know dealing with a canadian uh, winter i did that but now I'm able to do these things. And so for you all that, that want time freedom, you want location freedom or both. I, for me, it's like, do the work now, embrace the suck now. It will get better with time, but you got to plot out, your, plot out your plan and know that it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be super rewarding in the beginning. Right. And that's what nobody really sees. Right. So they see you, they see me, they see other people online, um, online personalities, YouTubers, whatever, where they are. What they don't see is back when I was still working a nine to five uh, in June of last year, right? I would work Mm -hmm. from seven in the morning until seven at night. That was my work day. So anything that I did for rugged legacy, um, I didn't have coaching class at the time because I wasn't coaching, Right. but any other type of of, uh, content creation, whatever, I had to figure out a way to get that done in between 7 p.m. and whatever time I eventually went to bed so that I could yeah. still get up and still go to the gym with my son. Yeah. Right. And then go to work for another 12 hours all at the same time, maintain my marriage with my wife and my relationship with my kids. And then yeah. just not dying from being overexerted. So, Come on. I, Come I, on, I man. you know, I had, you know, 23 oh. hour days sometimes where, and there was plenty of days where I had work to do and I was, and it's, it's weird to say it like this, but I was lucky because my son was like sick with a cold or a fever or something. And my wife needed to sleep because she's going to be home all day while I'm gone at work. So I right. would say, right. 
I'll just stay up all night. I'll let him sleep right here. I'll just let him sleep right here on the couch. I'll wake him up every so often to give him his medicine. And I'll sit right here in my chair with my laptop and I'll work, drink coffee all night. And then when my wife wakes up, I'll just pass it off to her and I'll go to work for another part of the day. Right. I had to do that sometimes, but Hell yeah. nobody sees that. They only see, no. you know, Jeff tweets at 345 in the morning that it's time to lift. And then he tweets at 515 to 530 in the morning that he's sitting down the right. And then he tweets around right. 7 a.m. that he's done for the day. That's all they see. Yeah. It took me two years to get there. Two years but of see, working. <laughs> but, but nobody you know, you saw know, that, right? Unless they've done know, it you know, you know, Jeff, I think it was a time, it was a time when all of us were kind of all doing the same thing at the same time. You were back in 2018 when mm -hmm. everybody was like, hey, I read this book. Hey, I read this book. Oh, this, this, and that. And then, like, everybody, like, well, I'm going to tell y'all guys, me and Jeff were all doing it. We were, we were doing some of the same things at the same time. But I would tell you, man, get some people that you can get some momentum with, you know, because I remember when Jeff dropped Rugged Legacy, you know what I'm saying? It was like, I remember he was all thinking about it and then he just did it. And then his shit just started selling. Oh my God, damn, he did it, you know, but you need to get some people that's got some momentum and it don't have to be exactly for what your passion is, but you need to have, you need to have people that hold you accountable for your goals and your dreams and what you say you want. And they, and they have to be doing something too. You know, and it's and so I'm, I'm saying find your peer group, find a yeah. peer group, man. If your you goal is way yeah. successful. No, no. If your goal is to be productive, you just need to hang around with productive people. Hell yeah. And productive doesn't mean busy. So, you know, you, you don't just hang around with busy people thinking they're being productive. They're not efficient with their time. Hang out with and be around people who are productive and efficient and are living the kind of life you want emulate their right. habits you don't have to emulate what they're right. doing but emulate their right. habits they dedicate certain amount of time every single day to work like i do right mm -hmm. if i needed to dedicate more than i currently do i would but i worked it yeah. down what i have and they right. you have to do the same thing right but you can't hang out with people who are just content with going with the flow and doing what they do every day and expect to no. be able to, um, you know, advance. They call it monk mode, right? Well, yeah. I, had to shut out. I had to shut out all of my friends and stop going out. It doesn't have to be that extreme. You can still go out with the homies on Friday or Saturday night. Uh, yeah. But you yeah, can't. You got to get your shit done, though, right? You like, got to get your shit done, yeah. Yeah, man, because, like, I know at some point it was like, I need to get off Twitter because, uh, no, I, I, I don't need to get off Twitter. I work best when I'm, hey, guys, I want to do this. Hey, guys, I want to do that. And then Jeff said, hey, you can do that shit. Because I know that Jeff's going to ask me the question in three months if I did it or not. He's going to yeah. ask me, hey, give me some updates on that. How is this going? How can I help you? And so that keeps me in line by social accountability. I'm not asking, hey, specifically, hey, Zach, hey, uh, you know, Jose or Prometheus or anybody. I'm not saying, hey, help me with this. I'm saying, I'm doing this, and I know you're watching me. And because you're watching me, I'm going to perform like I'm supposed to perform. Right. You know, and that to me is uh, what's the best thing about Twitter. That's how I put my big, I put my big goals on there. I put the shit I write in my journal on Twitter. Hey, I want to be in this. I want to do this. I want to be, because I know somebody's going to ask me in, in six months, hey, did you do it? So I'm like, all right, fuck, I got to get this shit done. And so like, 
I know some people talk about, well, you need to move in silence, man, and you be, be humble and all that shit. No, the fuck you don't, man. Not, not now you don't, okay? You need to be loud about your goals, loud about, hey, I want to do this because there's somebody out there that can help you, especially if we're using social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you got to get it. And if you can do that, you can have what you want because what me and Jeff, we're in our 30s. Now, my life is a bit different than yours is, Jeff, obviously. But we what, both you don't have nine kids. Well, you know, it ain't for lack of trying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I didn't have my nine kids. But the point I was, the, the, my real point was that we're in our 30s and we still took big jumps that most people in their 30s won't take. Oh, yeah. I didn't like, start until I was 32. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I and I, yeah. I, I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you, st- you still got to put your reps in. But going back to what you were saying, you know, about being loud about your goals, you see it every morning when I take a mm-hmm. picture of the clock on my on my coffee maker. Right. You, you see yeah. what time it is. I say it's time to live. Yeah. If you look at the Hell first yeah. Three tweets that I do every single day. They're usually yeah. at the exact same time. And you can open them. You can see they're not hype. No, you can I see they it. ain't hype fury, right? No, 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 no. Look. <laughs> but so, what yeah, I'm huh? the reason I'm doing that, because here's my goal, and I don't think I've said this publicly, but my goal is to the entirety of 2021 not miss one single day in the gym. Right. Now I'm gonna get it if I get hospitalized or whatever. I don't want, but that's my goal. I don't want to miss a single day in the gym for the entire 2021. And I don't want to miss a single day as long as I'm writing this book to write less than 1000 words in that book per day. Come on. Right. Come on. When I finish this book, when I finish this book, right. When I'm done writing it and I've, and I've written Mm. the end. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, (laughs) I'm going to have to edit it. Well, then I'm going to edit 1,000 words at a time or more, yeah, 1,000 yeah. words, right? And so I'm going to yeah. do that, and then I'm going to publish it, and then I need something else to do. So I'm probably going to write a second book. But every yeah. single day, you see me say, it's time to lift. Every single day, oh, you man. see me say, workout done, time to write. Every single day, you see me post up the actual physical results, words, written right you see every single day the only reason i do that is because if tomorrow rolls around and you don't see jeff take a picture and post time to lift you're gonna know i fell off and it ain't so much like i'm trying to impress you but i really don't want steven's story to be hitting me up on twitter and publicly going hey bro what time was it this morning yeah Yeah, Yeah. i I don't i don't want that so that's keeping me accountable yeah, man, because you know I'm far, I'm, I am uh, ahead of you time zone wise enough that um, you are like the first tweets I see, and then when I finish my workout, I see the the words written, and so that's like I'm as I'm waiting on America to wake up. I'm like, all right, I can I can talk to Jeff until seven, eight o'clock, or nine o'clock. I can talk to uh, Tara and like maybe two other people, and then I gotta talk to the guys in the UK until the rest of the the country wakes up midday for me, you know, but like, but that's what I'm saying, guys, is like, you can be known for consistency. You don't gotta be, you don't have to be popular or any of that. You can be known, somebody can say, every time John wakes, every time John does something, I know he's gonna do it because I see how consistent he, he is. And, and guys, the thing about consistency is it's free. Any of us can do it. You can be fat, you can be old, you can be young, you got disabilities, whatever it is, you can be consistent in something 
And the, and the good thing about consistency is consistency builds momentum over time. And so, like, for example, I learned Portuguese. I'm from the South, dog. I learned Portuguese with a Southern drawl after 30 because I just kept trying. I just kept trying. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, before you know it, I'm stringing sentences together, and then I can, I can express, like, deep feelings or I can talk about, like, heavy subjects. But – and that's – I had to do it out of necessity, right, because – I live here, but the point I'm making is, is that whether it's language, whether it's deadlifts, whether it's workouts or writing, guys, y'all want to change y'all's lives, man. You got to keep taking one step, but the thing is, you can't just take a step. You got to take a step every day, every single day, man. Like, cause I think, cause you know, they had a thing that talks about like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But you just think about the first bite. You got to keep biting. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep, you got to keep biting, man, because, uh, Y'all that are following Jeff, more than likely y'all got here from Twitter. So it's a whole crew of guys from Twitter. But literally every single one of those guys went from, they were doing something and they consistently started doing something different. For me, it was, I wanted to live here in Brazil. And I talked about it for a decade. And then one day I was like, fuck it. I just bought a ticket. And that was it. But I, I was at least consistently studying and researching about the country, where I wanted to be in the country. Once I got here, I kept, I kept going to the hood. I kept going to favelas. I kept going to, you know, martial arts class, dance class, whatever I had to do. I just kept putting myself in uncomfortable positions. All my, at one point, all my friends here were uh, Portuguese speakers. And so I was just fucking smiling and nodding along for three months. Just shit like that, man. Like, it might be the same thing for you. Like, you might want to be a copywriter or you might want to, you know, get into any kind of business guys, you just got to just show up, man. And just chop the wood, man. Just keep showing up, showing up. It's not sexy. Nobody's going to notice for like a year, but your life's going to, your life's going to keep going either way. Whether you put the work in for you, if you don't put the work in for you, but just go ahead and start. And in a year from now, you're like, damn, I got pretty far. I didn't realize I was going to get that far, you know? And, um, and just, just see where this shit take you, man. I could have said it better, man, but, uh, we're up on that hour mark and a little bit over now. Awesome. So, uh, Steven, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's great to have you Appreciate as the it, one show, the first show of 2021. Hey. You wouldn't have been I if you hadn't held on me last time. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> I'm just you messing know, with I you. I kind of knew a little bit. I, I knew I, was gonna, I wanted to get first first up. So That's man. what it was. You strategically <laughs> yeah, forgot. I got you. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, this has been Steven Story and myself on the first episode of season two of the Rugged Legacy podcast. Uh, be sure to smash the like and subscribe button. Share this podcast with people that you think might enjoy it. And also check out the links in the show notes on how you can find and connect with Steven. It's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys all and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Rugged Legacy podcast. And remember, Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire.